The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Make the most of your life. When you remove the blocks that are holding you back, you can bring inspiration, passion, and purpose to yourself and those around you. This is the Hoffman Connection with your hosts, Raz Ingrassi and Ed McClune. Our hosts and their guests will give you the tools that you need to improve yourself by bringing you closer to what really matters. Now, here's your host. Welcome to the Hoffman Connection. This is Raz Ingrassi of the Hoffman Institute. We're coming to you live from beautiful Northern California. It's a beautiful day here. And... Uh, if you've never heard of the Hoffman Institute, we are celebrating 45 years this year. We were just reflecting the other day that we were founded in 1967, the Summer of Love, and the Hoffman process and our work is all about love. And we're the leading, we're one of the leading personal development programs in the world and helping people who are serious about change with 16 sites across 11 countries. About 90,000 people have participated with us. And my co-host is Hoffman teacher Ed McClune. Ed? Afternoon, Raz. Yeah, I'm here in the Bay Area as well. I've been teaching the process for around 20 years. I'm also a marriage and family therapist licensed here in California. And um, we offer the Hoffman process in the U.S. Uh, about 30 times a year, 24 in Northern California and about six times on the East Coast. If you'd like to learn more about the Hoffman process or other work, um, Every Tuesday afternoon at 5 o'clock, if you're listening live, that's uh, right after our show here, you can find out more on a free and confidential introductory call. The information, um, like so much other information, is available and on our website, hoffmaninstitute.org. And if you're interested in taking our eight-day course, the Hoffman Process, or are a graduate and want to attend some of our uh, weekend work, uh, for more, two more days, we're extending a $125 discount on the program, and you can find out more about that on the website as well, hoffmaninstitute.org. Our show, The Hoffman Connection, well, the purpose is to bring you inspiration and tools, education to help you connect to a life you love by uh, hopefully connecting you to guests who actually are living a life they love and to bring on our incredible guest this afternoon. I'll throw it back to you, Raz. Well, thank you. Today we're joined by Dr. Ken Blanchard, and Ken Blanchard is a major, major thought leader, uh, one of the most important thought leaders in business leadership today, uh, most well-known, almost a household name for his uh, original book, The One-Minute Manager, and then a whole series, The One-Minute Manager series that flowed from that. I think that series was on the New York Times business bestseller list for you know, like many years, maybe like 10 years, maybe that's an exaggeration or maybe it's an understatement, but like that. And that book has sold, those, that series of books has sold more than 20 million copies in 27 countries. And Ken is uh, 
respected for his years of groundbreaking work in the fields of leadership and management. He's, he's a co-founder. He calls himself the chief spiritual officer of the Ken Blanchard Company. And uh, they do inter- international management training all over the world. There's 30, 30 different countries in the world. So uh, Ken is with us today. We want to focus a little bit on his, quite a bit really, on his current book, uh, which is called Great Leaders, Grow, how? Let's see. It's called um, "Great Leaders Grow: Becoming a Leader for Life," and it's about the personal growth of becoming a leader. How personal growth and leadership are intimately tied together. It's about leadership as a living process. And Ken, uh, welcome to our show, and we're thrilled to have you here. And uh, I guess I want to ask you to comment on what you think the biggest issue is uh, uh, facing leaders today. What is their personal challenge for leadership? Well, Raz, and it's nice to be with you, and and uh, I think this latest book that I've done uh, is really gets at it, you know, Great Leaders Grow. I think their biggest problem is that they uh, stop learning, and I think growing and learning is like oxygen to a uh, deep-sea diver. <laughs> you know, if you don't get it, you're in trouble. And uh, so that I think you set a pattern for your people uh, by the fact that you're open to learn new things and, you know, reinvent your, your, yourself, uh, your organizational policies and procedures and structure and, and all. Because as you both know, things are changing so fast nowadays that if you're uh, staying still, you're going backwards. And uh, so that's really why I got excited about this. And my co-author, Mark Miller, is a really interesting young guy. I say young because he's a few years younger than I am, but uh, quite a few. Uh, he's the head of training for Chick-fil-A, which is a really interesting com- company who just uh, uh, wins in the fast food industry in every measurable number, and they're not even open on Sunday. Uh, and uh, yet they have, you know, less than... 2% turnover at 1,600 restaurants and their managers and 75 to 100% less uh, turnover for uh, uh, their hourly people. And it's so interesting. They get young people and they come in and they say, you know, you probably won't make your career with us, but what we're going to teach you while you're working with us is life skills. It will make you a more effective human being in your family and your work and everything. And so it's really a learning organization. So... Uh, uh, they they actually teach the whole grow model in in there, so it's it's exciting. I think uh, that's the biggest thing. How do you keep growing? People ask me, Raz, if I'm going to retire, and uh, I said I was talking to, to Zig Ziglar on the phone when I turned 65. I'm 73 now, and I said, Zig, you're going to retire because he invited Margie and I to the 59th anniversary of his 21st birthday. <laughs> and he said, there's no mention of it in the Bible except for Jesus, Mary, and David, and a couple of other people. Nobody under 80 made an impact. He said, I'm refiring, not retiring. And so That's great. what we're talking about is not just for young people, but it's for all of us. So you're talking about the capacity to lead, to grow equals your capacity to lead, and uh, and, and, and those things are intimately tied. And it's, about, it's, it's not only for business, but it's about your life, and it's yeah. lifelong. Yes, and I think that's wonderful about the Hoffman process, you know, and if you're listening, haven't, you know, gone or you ought to really look into it because 
the opportunity to grow and learn about yourself because the first, you know, uh, aspect of our GROW acronym is to continue to gain knowledge about yourself. That's the first part of it, which is, uh, you know, yourself. And a lot of times I think people aren't very effective leaders and all and parents and everything because they don't really don't know themselves. Uh, and so it's a, it's a wonderful growth opportunity that that people can really take to kind of find out you know what's uh what are the things i'm doing well that i appreciate what are some of the things that maybe i could work on and how could i do that what a powerful thing and ken how do you know what to focus on like you i want to i want to grow what do i how do i know what to focus on well in in our uh the gain knowledge we talk about you know you need to grow about yourself about others maybe your industry and and leadership, but I think the way you really know what you need to work on is being in a situation where you're you're going to get feedback and you're going to have a group of people that care about you that'll uh, give you feedback and look at you and all. And one of the things about Hoffman is the whole pre-work is just amazing in terms of just looking at uh, behaviors, you know, that your mom or dad uh, maybe exhibited and those that you have and you know, what's working and what isn't, and you've got to go, oh, isn't that interesting? I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> so uh, you got to start with self-knowledge. I think that's one of the reasons a lot of people aren't good leaders is they don't, because I said, know it's, much it's about pretty, themselves. It's pretty hard to, 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 to learn how to look inside, and that's why that feedback is so important from people who care about you and love you. And um, I know for myself, it's sometimes hard to take. And uh, it's scary to solicit it, but uh, nothing happens without it. And uh, one of the places that your new book begins, Great Leaders Grow, is with the title of a chapter called An Unexpected Loss. And uh, sometimes loss is a, you know, there's that old saying, when one door closes, another opens. But sometimes loss is the impetus to to grow. And could you speak a little bit about that, Ken? Well, in in the the book, The Loss, is this uh, young fellow, you know, loses his dad, who was really kind of, you know, his mentor in many ways. And, and uh, without him there, you know, he has to try to figure a way out of, of learning about him himself. And, and uh, uh, I, I think a lot of times, you know, you'll you get a loss of a important person in your life or like yeah. Marge and I, you know, our house burned down in the San Diego fires. I mean, you know, I wouldn't, you know, recommend you burn your house down, but it was an incredible learning experience for, <laughs> for us about what, you know, really is important. We learned at the end that, you know, what's really important in life is who you love and who loves you, and the rest is all stuff. You know, we lost a lot of stuff, but nobody got hurt. And it's just, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, I think probably some of the best learnings come from, difficult situations that you maybe wouldn't have asked for, whether it's the loss of somebody you love or a home or a job or, or what have you, and you go, hmm, isn't that interesting, rather than getting all ticked off and saying, you know, why did this happen, and, you know, play the victim role, uh, if you can step back and say, hmm, uh, I'm sure there's a learning in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you uh, in March? I remember that was just that that fire. You were con- your home burned up on that. I don't know how many years ago it was, but it was just that huge San Diego fire. Everything was lost, and 
how did you find a way to move forward? I mean, I know you're a man of great faith, uh, and so I know your faith is strong, but still, how did you put one front, foot in front of the other? Well, it, it was uh, really interesting. It was uh, four days before the fire, and you mentioned I'm the chief spiritual officer, and I leave a morning message for everybody in our company every uh, day, and uh, I do three things. One, I tell them who to pray for because we have a lot of data on if people put their love and their thought and their energy towards somebody who's hurting or family member and all. we got a lot of power there. Then I praise people. Uh, you know, people tell me who are unsung heroes. And then I give an inspirational message around our values and all. Four days before the fire, I had just re- re- finished reading John Ortberg's book. Uh, at the end of the game, it all goes back in the box, you know. And uh, <laughs> he uh, it's about his grandmother, who was a great a Monopoly player when he was a kid, and at the end of every Monopoly game, she'd have everything, and he'd have nothing, and she'd laugh, and she'd say, John, someday you're going to learn how to play the game. And and uh, so uh, when he was about 12 or 13, a kid moved next door, an incredible Monopoly player, and he practiced with this kid every day because he knew his grandmother was coming in September. And so when she came, he ran it out, gave her a hug, and how about a Monopoly game? And her eyes lit up, let's go, John. But he was ready for it this time, and he came out of the shoot, and he wiped his grandmother out. At the end of the game, he had Broadway and Park Place. He had everything. She had nothing. It was the greatest day of her life, his life. And she smiled, and she said, John, now you know how to play the game. Let me teach you a lesson about life. And he said, what's that? It all goes back in the box. He said, what do you mean? Everything you bought, everything you accumulated goes back in the box. And the only thing that's really important <laughs> is who you love and who loves you. And I went, whoa. That, you know, but that was my message. And so after <laughs> the fire four days, Four days before the fire, you gave yeah, me Yeah, so wow. I couldn't get on the morning message and complain, what the hell is this? You know, this is a, you know it, it really put things in perspective for me. It was a... It was quite a quite a learning. It doesn't say that it wasn't hard, but uh, it was just really put put things in perspective. So that that loss was really a powerful learning. Yeah. When you come back, we're going to take a break. I think in a minute. Is that right, Ed, or just about yeah. now? We're right, uh, when, right now. Yeah. When you come back, I'd like to. You know, all the great spiritual traditions include loss, and I'd like to ask you to comment a little bit on this on the spiritual experience of of loss and. Um, when we come back. So over to you, Ed. I'll just be right back with more on the Hoffman Connection. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? 
The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McLoon, or this week's guest, please call in to 1 866 472 5788. Again, that's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. And welcome back to the Hoffman Connection. Ed McLoon with Raz and Grossi and our guests, famous author of The One Minute Manager. Ken Blanchard, and Ken's latest book is Great Leaders Grow. Ken, before we went to the break, we were talking just about the spiritual component of leadership, and certainly that's when we're talking about leadership and all the all the information about authenticity, and um, ultimately spirituality and authenticity aren't two separate things, are they? Yes, they really go together. You know, one of the things that we've gotten really interested in is the what are the things that are keeping us from being as good as we can be, you know, as leaders, as human beings? It's really the ego, you know, and I kind of, you can call it edging God out, you know, which I do, or edging, uh, you know, good out, uh, or everything good outside, you know. But uh, what it is is that, that people either have false pride you when know, they think they're, better than other people you know they think more of themselves than they should and they're promoting themselves and now they're number one or they have self-doubt or fear where they think less of themselves uh, than they should and now they're kind of protecting themselves and both of them make you focus on yourself and not out there with with others who you're trying to to uh, serve and and uh, the anecdote for false pride is humility you know and jim collins found that in good to great he was amazed that that was one of the two major characteristics of great leaders besides resolve determination to to solve a a problem or accomplish a goal was humility and norman vincent peel and i when i wrote a book on ethics said that people with humility don't think less of themselves they just think about themselves less so humility is not a weakness but it's coming from a, a good feeling about yourself so you can spend more time out there and then the anecdote I think to for fear and self doubt is is the spiritual element you know is to to realize that you know we're all part of a a wonderful universe God didn't make any junk and that that we're all beautiful in our own way that doesn't mean we don't have things that we can learn and and all but uh but that we're uh, beautiful and if you can get that and that's a you know comes from really from a belief in 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 spiritual things and things more important or bigger than than you, you, it can really do. We even have a, you know, uh, twelve-step uh, egos anonymous uh, <laughs> thing, which is hysterical to see people get up and say, "Hi, I'm Ken," and everybody goes, "Hi, Ken." I'm an egomaniac, and the last time my ego got in my way was, and it's just fun to get people to 
get in touch with all of that kind of stuff. So uh, I think the spiritual thing helps you get out of your own way and go to a higher realm, which I think is so important for us in solving our own problems and being there for other people. Now, Ken, before we went to break in the, in the first segment, you brought up uh, one of the key tenets of all your work, the GROW acronym. And if we could just maybe go back to basics just for a moment to um, spell that out for the few of us who haven't actually read through your entire book. Yes, well, book. GROW is an acronym. The first one I, I talked a little bit about was you need to continue to gain knowledge about yourself, others, probably your industry and about leadership, which is about influencing others. R stands out for reach out to others, which really means that the best way to learn, really, is to share with others and look for teachable moments and look for opportunities to share what you're, what you're learning with others, both formally, you know, you can maybe teach a class, but a lot of it is informally. Uh, look for teachable moments. And, and all. one of the fabulous things about the Hoffman process is going back and sharing what you've learned with important people in your life because uh, that really helps you and it also helps your relationship with with them. I had an amazing discussion with my mom who was in her 90s <laughs> after the thing. It was just fabulous. Uh, o stands for open your world, which means open your, your world to different opportunities, you know, at, at work, you know. Uh, you know, have lunch with a different person every day rather than go with the same group and and uh have you ever showed about shadowing somebody from another department or volunteering for assignments and also outside the work through travel learning a language you know volunteering in the community so open your world uh to new things and going to hoffman was a tremendous opening of my world of awareness of a whole bunch of of things and and finally Walk towards wisdom, uh, which is, you know, first of all, self-evaluation. You know, you can look in the mirror and, and be honest with yourself now. And I, I got to know myself so much better at Hoffman so that I could really be honest. And then feedback is, you know, from other people. I always said feedback is the breakfast of champions. Uh, <laughs> and that really, but also look for mentors, you know, people who can counsel you and help you. And it's not just older people. I'm getting mentored by a number of young people, including my six-year-old grandson, with my technology skills around the computer. You know, he says, Grampy, you know, here, and this kid, you know, he's playing Angry Birds, but showing me <laughs> how I can use uh, my computer and uh, and just realizing that walking towards wisdom is, is an ongoing process. So that's really what the acronym is, gain knowledge, reach out to others, open your world, and walk towards wisdom. And it, we have a little questionnaire in the book that you can fill out to see where your strengths and weaknesses are and uh, and see which ones you want to work on. As you can tell, I have a dog who thinks his job is to protect the house. So, uh, I thought it was a four-legged mentor you had there. <laughs> that's right. The dog's name is Joy because a friend of mine, you love this, uh, uh, Raz, he said that real joy in life is when you get in the act of forgetfulness about yourself. And if you want to Forget about yourself. Get a dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, I wanted to ask you, Ken, about serving and learning to serve. And how, you know, there's so many television shows, reality television shows and so on. Everything is so self-centered and about 
getting others to serve you and getting your needs taken care of and all that. And yet, I always remember a quote I read many years ago by Albert Schweitzer at a commencement address. He said something like, I don't know who among you will be successful, but I do know that only those among you who seek and learn how to serve will ever be happy. And you you have a chapter in your book, Learning to Serve, and I want to ask you to comment. You've been in service to humanity, people, God, all your life. Tell us about it. Well, you know, it, it gets to that definition of joy, actually, is it real joy in life when, is when you get in the act of forgetfulness about yourself. And it's really interesting, you know, if you think around the holidays when you share presents with people, you get a bigger kick out of surprising somebody you love with a present that they didn't even know that you really, that they would really love that. And, and, and it is, you know, you just get this big beam and all. And, and what happens is that we, we forget about that because, you know, we get in schools and it gets competition and, you know, they're got the normal distribution curve and people start getting into, you know, uh, focusing on themselves and, all that kind of thing, but uh, I think you really finally become an adult when you realize that you're here to serve, not to be served. You know that uh, that 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 life is really about what you can do for others. And my mother always said to me, when you help somebody else or do something, don't expect to get anything back. But she'd say, watch out, you'll be amazed what comes back. You know, <laughs> just in terms of psychological and emotional. Uh, energy and, and all that kind of thing. So it's a, some people resist it, uh, but I think when they finally get it, uh, it is. I think it's, you know, like Bob Buford in halftime, it's when you finally realize you want to move from success to significance, from getting mm. to giving. Mm. Ken, I want to ask you about your, your, your very personal experience of something, a big step that you took. So, you know, there are a lot of authors in the field uh, that you're in, and uh, and yet, I don't know, 30 years ago or so, you decided to form the Ken Blanchard Company, and you have, uh, you know, well, almost 350 employees plus partners in 30 countries, and you're providing leadership training, self, teams, customer service, and so on. You have to run a company. You're running a, a darn good-sized company there, and so you're not just talking about running companies. You're practicing it, and, uh, you know, you you're talking. You're, you're having to do the. You're having to serve in the very way that the people that you teach and the books you write tell people to do. And what was that? How has that been for you? Is, that, is it a living laboratory? What does that mean? Yes. Yeah, well, that was a conscious decision that my wife Margie and I made. And Margie's really been my partner in so many ways. She's has a PhD in communications, and we built the company together. And we just decided that uh, when. Uh, we had an opportunity and we realized we had some concepts that people were getting excited about that it would really be good to try to build an organization where we practice what we preach so it would be almost a laboratory for what we were teaching because we just saw a number of people out there consulting and telling people what to do who have never had to meet a payroll. And I want to tell you, you know, as we've grown over the years, you know, uh, we're not as big as big companies, but... You know, you have more than 30 or 40 people working with you. Got all the problems that anybody else uh, has, and you really learn a lot. And our people, of course, come in with really high expectations because they've read the books and all that kind of thing. So they put our feet to our fire, the fire, 
if uh, if we're not practicing stuff that we're preaching and we get to test it. So it's been a wonderful uh, journey. And, uh, you know, people have asked us to you know, roll up with other companies and go public, and we said, forget it. We're having too much fun. Why we want somebody else to tell us what our values are and how we should do things? So uh, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a great a great journey. That's fantastic. And in the middle of everything you say, I keep the word keeps coming up to me uh, for leaders: vulnerability. How, tell me the part that that plays in, in, you know, holding feet to the fire, being vulnerable, whatever words you want to put on it. How important is that for leaders? What is that about? Well, I think vulnerability is is really uh, important for uh, for leaders because if you act like you got your act completely together, then you start thinking that the hierarchy is where all the brains are, you know, and all that kind of thing. But right. when you realize that, you know, you got strengths, you got weaknesses, you got things that that you can maybe help people with, but you got some things that they can help you. And the more willing you are to be uh, vulnerable, then the more open your people are to be with you uh, and uh, and to help you. I mean, uh, I mean, I think one of the biggest problems with leaders is that they don't look at their people as their business partners. And you see, you know, top managers get behind closed doors when they have. You know, the economy is a problem, and they, uh, you know, decide who to lay off and all that kind of thing. And they don't even tell the people they're in trouble. And, you know, 2010, we had projected 60 million, and we knew by February if we did 48, we'd be lucky. And every quarter, we have a meeting with everybody in the company, and people come in online and everything. And one of the first things is to share the balance sheet. So everybody, we brought in a consultant to teach everybody how to read a balance sheet. Wow. Because there are partners, and and Margie's brother, who was the president at the time, you know, he's sharing what what we're learning, and he's got tears coming down his his eyes, you know, and says, you know, we really need your help. And the next month we had our 30th anniversary. It's going to be a two-day party at the Hotel Dell, and we took uh, the first day to bring an outside consulting firm in that worked with large groups and divided the 350 people into small groups of six or eight, and half of them. You know how can we uh, cut costs, and the other half, how can we increase revenue? And and it was just amazing the stuff that came out, including, you know, we ought to, you know, everybody ought to cut their salary, ought to stop matching 401k, and all that kind of thing. And and it was amazing. At the end of the year, we did 48 million and let nobody go, and yet everybody figured ways to do that, including our family got together and said we had projected, you know. Uh, so much uh, profit, you know, which would have been about $4 million. And we decided, you know, we don't need to make any profit this year. Let's not lose money. But, you know, that was $4 million that we could use for saving jobs. And and it was just amazing. And now, you know, people will kill for you when you bring them in as your partner. That's the point, really, isn't it? Is what everything I'm hearing is that sort of lateral leadership and, and cooperation rather than competition on, on the team. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we'll be hearing more from Dr. Ken Blanchard, author of Great Leaders Grow: Becoming a Great Leader for Life.
news, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McClune, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. And welcome back to The Hoffman Connection. I'm Ed McClune with Raz and Grossi. I want to let you know that if you're interested in learning more about the Hoffman process or some of our other work, our website, hoffmaninstitute.org, is there and ready to answer many of your questions. And this afternoon, actually every Tuesday afternoon at 5 o'clock, so whether you're listening live or an archive of our show, just know that every Tuesday afternoon at 5 o'clock, there's a free and confidential um, introduction call about the process, and you can learn more um, just by going to our website, hoffmaninstitute.org. And for the next few days, actually towards the end of the month, we're closing up our uh, $125 discount on many of our courses, including uh, the Hoffman process. And uh, Raz, why don't you jump back in with well, talking There's a couple of things here I wanted to ask uh, Ken about. Uh, one, I, th- I just wanted to make a, a little plug here on your book, Great Leaders Grow becoming a leader for life and just tell people i'm sure you get that on amazon uh ken blanchard is one of the top best-selling authors ever on amazon he's been given a big award for that and uh i'm sure that book is available and it can change your life because ken it's not just about business is it is it you say becoming a leader for life it's about your life and uh everyone's first responsibility is to lead their own life right yes it really is you know, and I mentioned earlier about this concept of when you get older to refire rather than reti- retire. And can you imagine what a difference it would be? We went down to visit a friend at a retirement home, and we went in for dinner, and everybody's sitting around the table, you know, with their shoulders slumped over. It looked like they're waiting to die. I mean, if, if it was a refirement home, somebody would be on the microphone and saying, the discussion question for tonight is, you know, and that... Uh, you want to keep on growing as an individual 
in all aspects of, of your your life. So it's not just your leadership roles in business, but it's in your marriage and your you know retirement and your retirement and everything. <laughs> well, you know, there's this. Um, uh, Every one of us is going to is, is in the great transition uh, toward toward death. You know, we're all moving toward that, and it's it's not something we like to talk about. And sometimes there are the retirement homes and all these other kinds of things that we have to think about and face. But uh, I like to think that people can heal. That the, the the word healing meaning becoming more whole can heal and become more whole and we'll make that wholeness synonymous with growth, that we we can become more whole and heal all the way up to the very end. And Ken, I don't know if that's exactly what you're talking about in one of the chapters in your book, Walking Toward Wisdom, but there is a spiritual quality about our lives and healing, wholeness, growth, inspiration, they all include that inner journey. And could you comment a little bit more about Walking toward wisdom and and the, and, the, and the inner path and the outer path of that. Yeah, well, I think that's really important. You know, where I really started to look at my life more spiritually is I got a call back in the, the mid 1980s. Would I think about writing a book with Norman Vincent Peale? You know, the old positive thinking uh, minister. And my first question was, he's still alive? You know, <laughs> my parents had gone to his church before I was born. And uh, he was 86 years old at the time. And uh, I flew to New York and met with uh, with Norman and his wife, Ruth. And I tell you, I have never met two more alive people than the, the two of them. And, uh, you know, they just were really fun, you know, and they were excited, you know. You know, gee, this would be fun, you know, work with a young man like you, you know. <laughs> I mean, I was in my mid-40s, and they're in their mid-80s, and uh, what what a wonderful joy, and they also really helped me spiritually. They, their big comment was, Ken, the Lord's always had you on his team. You just haven't suited up yet, you know, and, <laughs> which I love that that line, and, uh, and it was really, really true, and they got me really thinking about things, and, you know, then I, you know, started to read the Bible, and I went to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, and was blown away because I realized that everything I had ever taught about leadership or written about it, Jesus did with these 12 incompetent guys he hired. And, <laughs> and <laughs> didn't pay, uh, by the way. You know, and so he's the, probably the greatest leadership role model of all time, you know. I mean, uh, John Ortberg and I were doing a session one time, and I said, why would you try to teach people about Jesus being a great leader, uh, you know, one of the greatest of all time? And he looked at the crowd and he said, suppose you were a gambler, you know, 2,100 years ago, where would you put your money on winning and lasting? The Roman Empire and the Roman Army or a little Jewish rabbi with 12 inexperienced followers. And he said, isn't it interesting that 2,100 years later we still name kids Jesus, Peter, Paul, and Mary, but we name our dogs Nero and Caesar. <laughs> you know, he said, I rest my case. And uh, so it's just really been a, an interesting journey. And uh, what, what I really um is i i really try to push people as chief spiritual officer you know to to look at their spirituality not look at religion per se because i you know i get criticized i think there's a lot of different avenues to to uh that and and uh but i think it's really important to have something more important than yourself 
that you look up for for advice and and counsel and all that kind of thing. And uh, it's uh, it's really uh, interesting, you know, about and it's all about what you believe and what you put in your head. I remember one of my friends had a, a mother that was dying, and I said to her, "What's your belief about life after death?" And she said. I think when life is over, it's over. I said, well, I don't believe that. I think it's going to carry on. And she said, how do you know that? I said, I don't know it. I just believe it. And personally, I like my belief a lot better than yours. Why would I choose a lousy belief? <laughs> but <laughs> so, at the end, if it really is great, I'm going to be surprised and excited. <laughs> Ken, has your definition of what spiritual means changed over time? Yes, I think so. Uh, and But I... I I really think it's uh, just getting in touch with uh, with something more important than yourself and more powerful and wise than yourself. And I think with the Hoffman process, you know, we look at the, the quadrinity, you know, which is your emotional child, your intellect, your body, and your spirit. And uh, what one of the big learnings I got there, which really helped my definition of spirituality, is that if you push the spirit side apart, uh, uh, aside, what happens is your body gets beaten up by the fights between your emotional child who says, I want to do it, and your intellectual says, that's stupid, you know. But if you have something bigger in yourself, you, you can really do what you want to do if it makes sense because you have something to test that against. That was one of the really fabulous learnings, Raz, I got from from Hoffman is this the, the importance of putting that spirit in the in the center of your life to to uh, kind of rise your decision making up to a little higher level. Yeah, and leading from the inside out. Yeah. So, so often everyone's looking outside themselves to see what needs to happen, and when you look inside first, you come from the inside and then reach out. It's a it's a real different experience. Yes, and I I think that one of the problems with some people is that they think their self worth is a function of their performance plus the opinion of others, you know. And if yeah. that's where you are, you're in trouble because our performance isn't great every day. And people are fickle, you know, they'll change their minds and all. So if your self-worth is up and down every day, depending on things outside you, then, God, that's exhausting. But if you get your strength by quieting yourself and looking inside and starting to realize, you know, that you're okay... And, you know, I think I could learn something from this situation. But, you know, most people don't need any enemies because they got themselves. <laughs> Beat themselves up fiercely, you know. And one of the things I got from Hoffman is to, you know, be easy on yourself, you know. And you learn, but, uh, you know, you're the best you that you, you potentially can be if you keep on working on it. But in the meantime, you're not bad. <laughs> Ken, your sense of humor is infectious, and that's got to be a spiritual quality. Yes, I think it. it uh, sense of humor is so interesting. Norman Vincent Peale told me, he said, Ken, if you keep your sense of humor, you should get older. And here he was 86 when I met him, died at 95. Ruth died a little over a year ago as a, at 101. He said, if you keep your sense of humor, you get to be cute again. And, I, you know, people are telling me I'm getting cuter all the time, you know. <laughs> You know, because there's nothing worse than sour-pushed old people, you know, with no sense of humor, you know. I mean, if you don't laugh, you know, as you realize the aches and pains and the other things, you know, that uh, that aging is a, is kind of interesting. I think 
George Burns says, it's not for sissies. <laughs> Growing old is not for sissies. Yeah, it it, yeah. Uh, it really is. But uh, it's that humor. Margie and I on Saturday celebrated our 50th anniversary of our marriage. You know, we had a fun party and everything. And Margie said one of the things that she's just loved about me over the years is my sense of humor. She said, it's a little sick uh, and all, but she said, he's just made me laugh. And I remember she said years ago, somebody said, find somebody who can make you laugh and you got a great partner for life. Wow. Wow. Right, we're going to go to break and uh, come back with our final segment here on the Hoffman Connection. We'll be right back with more inspiration and authenticity and slices of life from Dr. Ken Blanchard right after this on the Hoffman Connection. We are the- Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at HoffmanInstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit HoffmanInstitute.org. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McClune, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. And hoffmaninstitute.org is also our website if you want to learn more about the Hoffman process and other offerings. And... Also, this afternoon at four, excuse me, five o'clock Pacific time, and every Tuesday afternoon there's a, um, a confidential free information call about the process, and our information is still there. Our information is still available uh, on HoffmanInstitute.org. And Dr. Blanchard, a, a, a teacher Raz and I had a long time ago by the name of Richard Storzy Heckler, talked about anything, any kind of project having four 
parts to it, inspiration, initiation, sustaining, and completion. And um, some of us have a hard time, you know, taking brilliant ideas and getting them started, that whole, you know, kicking it into gear, so to speak, initiation. Do you have any advice for those of us? And well, I tell you, you know, it's it's interesting. Uh, one of my uh, weaknesses uh, or strengths is I've never heard a bad idea, you know, and so sometimes I get overcommitted. Uh, so I've got a group of people gathered around me, you know, and say, okay, what's the latest idea you have and where does that fit in with with other things that, that we're working on? And, and uh, so sometimes you just need to, some uh, truth-tellers around you to, to do that, but uh, uh, I think the key to life is to, you know, find something you're excited about uh, and focus on it and uh, and go for it, you know, and uh, and then see what the next uh, thing is. It, I think you got to keep your head up and always look for opportunities. You know, I think John Lennon said, "Life is what happens when you, you know, when you're trying to planning on doing something else." And and uh, Marge and I. You know, never anticipated where we would be right now, but we we knew we were going somewhere. But I think it was our openness to new ideas and to this kind of grow acronym we're talking about that really permitted us to to say, "Wow, that would really be exciting," you know, because not only do we have our own company, but we're involved in you know with Grand Canyon University, where they're trying to you know build a great uh, uh, campus with a college that also has has 50,000 online people. We're going to have 7,000 on campus. And, we, you know, we just go, oh, whoa, that really sounds interesting. I wonder how we can help there. And uh, so it's just that uh, that thing. And But you got to, at some point, get some people around you so you're not, you know, doing so many things that you get immobilized. Well, what have you learned about the – what's the distinction between a, a good idea – let me call it a distraction – and an opportunity. <laughs> well, a friend of I mine told a friend of mine told me if somebody has an idea, it's either ping or thud. <laughs> you know, and okay. so you listen for pings, you know, and you go, "Whoa, that one really was a ping." And I have a good uh, truth teller, Margie, and uh, in fact, that our anniversary, our daughter-in-law says that it's good Margie's on the team because she has a dark side of her. In other words. <laughs> She sees reality a little bit better than Ken, you know, and so she'll say, it'd be a pain to you, Ken, but it's thudding around me. <laughs> and so... Uh, so pings, uh, thuds, and partners, huh? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So That's wonderful. Good. And, Ken, um, I guess it's like 30 years ago that the One Minute Manager came out now, and uh, and here you are. Uh, entering into certainly, uh, you're a wisdom bearer. You're an elder in the whole leadership movement in our in our culture. Um, what do you want for the future? What do you want for your grandchildren? Well, I think you know. If somebody asked me, uh, what do you think is your most important success uh, in your life? And I, I think it's you know our company is really run by our family and we have a family council with Margie and I our son Scott our daughter Debbie and Margie's brother and they all started to decided to work with us uh, at different times but all gathered about 18 years ago and 
I want to tell you, it's just so fabulous to see them uh, operate because, you know, Margie and I are not in the operational side of the business anymore, per se. She's the head of the office of the future, and I'm the chief spiritual officer. But just to watch them and, and that they share the values that we think are important. Mm. And, and uh, you know, somebody said to Scott's wife, Madeline, who also works with us, she's one of the top coaches in the country, and, and you know, you work with them. Why would you want a vacation with them? And she says, because I love them. You know, and we we just uh, have been able to uh, create an environment. We break all the rules in our company. You know, we have one couple who have uh, they got four kids working in the company. They got one gal's sister works in the company. Our rule is that when somebody comes through the door that you've hired, if you don't have a chemical difference in your body because you're glad to see him, why'd you hire him? There's enough jerks in the world. <laughs> you don't have to work with them. And uh, so we just uh, we just we give a four hundred dollar bonus to people who nominate a friend or a relative uh, for a job, and, then, and we hire them. <laughs> we want them to get their best friends and relatives. And uh, so it, it just uh, I'm proud of that family feeling. I'm proud of our kids and and that they're carrying on the, uh, with similar values. That that to me really is more important than how many books I sold. It's just really kind of neat. Mm. That's quite a legacy, isn't it? Just the uh, the love that you've created and gets sustained in that community that you've, you've built all around one great idea that followed another and another. It's, it's quite a legacy, Ken. Yeah, well, it's just wonderful uh, to see and to have people, as you know, like Vicki Halsey, you know, is just, because she's like a family member, not just somebody who works for us. <laughs> Is there any information? We're just about to wrap up the show. Um, as far that you'd like our listeners to know, or content, uh, ways of getting in touch, or more information about all the different things that your company's putting yeah, on? you can go on KenBlanchard.com, and uh, I have you know a lot of different blogs and stuff. I got young guys that help me with all that kind of stuff. You know, I even have a you know how how we lead org that you can can follow, and, and uh, they can also, if they're interested in the faith side of it, go to leadlikejesus.com. We're in, you know, 40 nations now with, with that, and that's headquartered in Augusta, Georgia, uh, not out not where we are. And so, uh, but it's, uh, it's uh, fun to, to do that, but you can find out from many of that, those uh, things. I was, um, as you were talking about your family, I remembered another, I think John Lennon or Paul McCartney, and in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. You've, yeah. made, a lot of, you've made a lot of love in the world, Ken. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you, Raz. Yeah. You've been an important mentor in my life, so I just enjoy spending time with you, and, and uh, what you all have been doing at Hoffman is fabulous. Thank you for your support. Thank you so much. Um, I want to tell our listeners that next week, by, back by popular demand, Anat Banyel of the Anat Banyel Method will be with us. She's a miracle worker. She, she takes children and works with them, children who are really challenged, the worst kind of learning difficulties anyone can face, physical, born with all kinds of uh, issues and learning issues and body issues. She changes their lives. She's a miracle worker. So if you want to know about kids... Healthy kids, kids who need help, all kids need help. And the kid inside of us needs help. So tune in next week with uh, another hour with the Not Banyal. 
And to find out more about our work, the Hoffman Process, please visit our website, hoffmaninstitute.org. And there's information there about a discount on our courses, but also about a free confidential uh, introduction call that will be taking place every Tuesday afternoon, 5 o'clock Pacific time. Raz, we've done it again. That was a great show. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Ken. Oh, great. Hey, it's good to be with you all, and I think it's great you guys got this show like this so that uh, helps people in another way thank you lots of love to you ken all righty good and ed take care of yourself look forward to meeting uh, you someday face to face thanks bye-bye Thank you again for being a part of the Hoffman Connection. Please join your hosts, Raz and Grossi and Ed McLoon, again next Tuesday at 7 p.m. and 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, make it an outstanding week.